Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins podcast, the world's number one footballing podcast, as voted for by the four men in this room. <laughs> Lads, how are we? How I just get on over the weekend? Good, like just glad to be back in the studio. Yeah, 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 definitely. Connor, you were in Prague this week. Uh, How'd good, your holiday go? Nice. Good time, good time. Good times. Good time. Orin, we were in Manchester this we week as well. Indeed. We were indeed. The, Not the for the Derby. Not for the Derby. For no. the for the Charlton game. The more important game, the quarterfinal, <laughs> the Carabao Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and at one eighty nine a pint in Witherspoons. You're laughing, lad. You're laughing. Laughing. Exactly. Meanwhile, yeah. I was in my living room. <laughs> First. And I bet you had a crack in time. <laughs> oh, unreal, lad. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I have to say, boys. In, in all the weekends of Premier League football that there's ever been, has there possibly been a more exciting weekend of football than this one? This the, Some of the fixtures in here today that we're covering are crazy, crazy, mm. crazy good. It was Derby's galore mm-hmm. this weekend. Shock results, just like the Premier League keeps throwing at us all season. But look, you know where I'm going to start, boys. And the I don't most care, important game. The most important game. And people call me Baz. I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs> This is the Premier game in the Premier League. Manchester United versus Manchester City. I haven't seen Old Trafford bouncing like that mm. in a long, long time. Since last Tuesday against Jordan Athletic. <laughs> True. <laughs> but that, that was crazy. Just the, the build-up before the game, the atmosphere. And in a four-minute spell, Manchester United turned the game completely on its head. And it's just the brilliance of the Premier League, really. Look... Oren, I'm going to come to you first. What did you make of United's performance? Now, they only had 20% of the ball. Mm. But did they need the ball to be effective against Manchester City? Look, there was obviously controversy over the first goal um, and whatever that comes with it. But I thought before the game, United were going to win. And I thought during the game, United deserved to win. First half, United were all over City. Um, City didn't have a snuff at United the entire game, to be fair. Uh, apart from their goal, um, I think they only did have one shot on target. Well, their goal was the only their yeah, only shot on target shot. in the game. Don't get me wrong. First twenty minutes of the second half, City came out all guns blazing. You could see that a goal was coming. One hundred percent, you could see a goal was coming. Did not expect it to be fucking Jack Grealish to score the goal. Like, but you could see a goal was coming for City. Um, they played well in that first twenty minutes. But look, we had a makeshift defence again. We had Shaw on left centre back because Ten Hag made that decision. Again, based on fitness, to drop Anthony and to drop Martinez from centre-back. And it just shows his brilliance as a manager again, his ruthlessness. And that he's he is always putting the team forward. There's no favourites. Even his old Ajax boys, they're not his favourites. He has no favourites. Because, um, look, we all know Martinez is a far, far better centre-half than Luke Shaw. But Luke Shaw hold his own. held his own, sorry. Rafael Varane done his job. Aaron Wambasaka was absolutely phenomenal against Manchester City. Yeah, he's excellent. That fella was doing step overs and everything and I was like, holy fuck, who is this guy? <laughs> he was class. Yeah. Um, and fair play to him. Malasia held his own against Riyad Mahrez, one of the best uh, wingers the Premier League's seen in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, he done absolutely fantastic. United, Fred under Bruyne. Fred under Bruyne. Much good. like, when it, especially in the first half, I was thinking, he set him out like Ander Herrera was set out against Aiden Hazard. Hazard, yeah. And did. I was thinking, you've done a quality job, Fred, because you get disrespected all the time, but you've done a quality job. Um, obviously, Casemiro and all. Look, the whole team played well. Um, Garnacho when he came on, the difference that man makes as an 18-year-old kid is ridiculous. Um, and obviously, our, our goal scorer, Marcus Rashford, once again, just 
proven he is one of the best attackers in world football. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has the ability to do it all. Um, so yeah, Ten Hag, he done his job. Um, Man United, yes, first half, brilliant. Lackluster start to the second half. But they done what they needed to do. They grinded out the result. And they're making Old Trafford a fortress once again. Exactly, Orn. Exactly. Couldn't put it better myself. Yeah. Connor. Uh, I thought in the, the fixture at the Etihad in October, United were maybe a little bit naive. I feel Ten Hag, look, it was his first chance to see City, really, and his first chance to come up against Pep. And I did think he was a wee bit naive with team selection and the way that he wanted to play. But United, without the ball against City, took the prerogative. You know, I didn't think United <clears throat> needed the ball against City to necessarily dictate the game. The way United defended, and defended, especially in the first half, because I do think in the second half City did wear United down a wee bit, but in that first half, the way United moved, the way they transitioned and switched across the pitch, the way full-backs were allowed to tuck in and help the centre-backs out, and then you had Fred running around there, covering for, for every man. Yeah. I noticed even, you know, when, when City did get on the attack, Casemiro slipped back and we looked to actually go into a back five rather than a back four. Um, look, what, what did you make of United defensively against City? A lot better. And when Ten Hag first came to the club, he said that if you're going to be a top team, you need to be defensively uh, sound. I think the Shaw decision was the right decision as well because with Shaw and uh, Varane, you can push up. You know, you don't have to sit deep. You know, that's you the problem. The Here's Maguire, and we've been playing McTominay and Fred, and we've been sitting deep, and we're, the pressure's coming on. But yep. I thought City created very little. They dominated, as Orna said there, first half United were the better team. They dominated the first 20 minutes, but they weren't really creating anything. Yep. And then, I don't know where, Grealish header, um, 1-0. But the way United stood up after that was superb, because even in that 6-3 game, United went down early, and they crumbled. Yep. But this is a different United team now, one full of confidence. And uh, I thought Bruno as well, they kind of moved him into the 10 after uh, they scored and it made such a difference. And I thought Bruno played well, Rashford. Um, I thought Martial was playing okay, he got injured obviously. Um, Garnacho coming on, he is going to be a very, very big player uh, for United in the years to come. Um, and then obviously Casemiro, Fred was brilliant as well. Uh, but we're making Old Trafford uh, a hard place to come now, yeah. which has not been the case for years. And uh, good, good signs ahead. Absolutely. Owen, look, Marcus Rashford's obviously undoubtedly in the form of his career. At the minute, I'm going to read you out some of the stats here. Mm-hmm. Um, goal against Burnley. These are his last seven games, sorry. Goal against Burnley, goal and assist against Forest, goal against Wolves, goal against Bournemouth, goal and assist against Everton, two goals against Charlton, goal against Manchester City. He is delivering on all levels, really, at the minute, isn't he? Well, like, everything good that United do is going through Rashford at the minute in terms of attacking. Like, even with the first goal, we'll get into the controversy and all. It was Rashford was there to cause the controversy. Obviously, it was great uh, striker's instinct finish for him for the second goal. But as you said, like, what's he scored something like last nine home games or something? Yeah. Like, he's always scoring at Old Trafford. Um, his pace is the big thing about him. It always was. But now, now he's finishing a lot more than he used to. Rashford was always one of these players, like, oh, he's a good player, but you never would have put him up in the top level of Premier League attackers. <laughs> like, back in the day, you wouldn't have been talking about Rashford and seeing Breath as Kane and what, like, Aubameyang was like and Salah was like at the time. But yeah. now, Rashford is up in that argument. Like, I think, like, you compare him to Saka at the minute, both are having very similar seasons, but Rashford's kind of been doing it better in the past for a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so, he's probably, in my opinion, he's probably one of, if not the best wingers in the Premier League at the minute. And, if United are going to sustain a title challenge, Rashford has to keep firing because that is my fear. If United, that if something was to happen to Rashford, 
he was to get injured, where is United's creativity mm. and goals going to come from then yeah. without him? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair enough assessment, Owen. Um, look, lads, we're, we're going to have to talk about it, really, the, the first goal. Um, I have watched it and rewatched it about 40 times. And look, I know if it was given against United, I would be raging because I would be screaming and shouting that, look, Rashford's in an off offside position there. But I've seen two videos of two ex-Premier League referees. One of them was Peter Walton, and I can't remember who the second one was. Um, but the second one was on Sky Sports, and it was oh, that really? ref, ref talk. Yeah. Thing, yeah. So they have both said, by the letter of the law, the goal should stand. Because Rash, like, and, and I feel the same way too. Akanji doesn't change his run. I don't think he's impeding Akanji, to be honest. And if you watch Rashford's run, he's not running toward goal. He's running away from the ball. Fair enough, some people might say, yeah, but then that means Akanji can't get in and get across him. But I think the main argument that people have is that Ederson sets up to stop Rashford having a shot and then it doesn't, it, it then sort of takes away from Bruno being able to put the yeah. ball past Ederson. But again, like my argument to that is, right, let's say for toxic ball comes into a box and it drops and goalkeeper rushes out um, and two players are about to, say, strike the ball or whatever. Like a goalkeeper has to be set no matter whether it's one player hitting the ball or whether it's another player hitting the ball. To me, it doesn't make a, it shouldn't make a difference who hits the ball. The goalkeeper's set anyway to try and attempt to make a save. Look, in my opinion... And I'm not just saying it because it's Man United. I would say it if it was Liverpool. I would say it if it was Man City. I would say it if it was Arsenal. In my opinion, it's a goal and the goal should stand. Mm. No, look, I can see it from both sides. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of the ref watching stuff as well. And I tweeted about it the other day and we talked about it coming up the road yesterday. They showed a graphic that took, that edited out Rashford. And I was thinking, this is the most stupid thing I've ever seen because it's a still image and it's not taking into consideration the pace of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that argument was absolutely awful on Sky Sports because that was Peter Walton. And Peter Walton was saying that this is why it was given as a goal because the referee's view, all he could see was Akanji running towards the ball and Rashford and Bruno both running towards the ball. But he, he could see Akanji running towards the ball and that was his view. So that's why he gave the goal. However, the presenter in Sky Sports put this graphic up with Rashford not in it, and he was like, oh, Akanji's clearly going to get to that. There's no... You can't say he's clearly going to get to that because you're not taking into consideration the speed of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if you took Rashford out of the second goal, we wouldn't have scored, obviously. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's the most <laughs> stupid thing I've ever seen. Welcome to podcast, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, like... But it's so stupid. Um, look, I can say it from both sides. If it was given against United, I'd be ripping. Um I think we're overdue a bit of luck. Um, and I think City need to recall last season when I think they played Southampton and Rodri was way, way offside and he took the ball off the goalkeeper, I think. Centre-back, mm-hmm. uh, I think. It was a centre-back? Yeah. Well, he took the ball off the centre-back, coming back from... He was down injured, came back off from, from an offside position, took the ball off the centre-back and slotted it into the goal and it was given as a goal, even though he was in an offside position. Um yeah, Rashford, uh, the thing about Ederson, that, that, that's the real argument. Um, like, I understand what you're saying, a goalkeeper does need to set up for whoever takes the shot, and I, I fully understand that. The only argument I would have in that instance is the ball was coming from the right going towards the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's where Rashford was running. Rashford wouldn't, and, and 
Bruno slotted it in with his right foot to the right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. Rashford wouldn't have had the time to adjust his position and put that in the right-hand corner. Yeah, so Ederson's yeah. always thinking, if he's shooting, he has to go down to my left. Or he has to chip me or something. Yeah. Because there's no way he could have adjusted his position in that space of time with Ederson rushing and the Kanji behind him. Even though Kanji wasn't that close to him, there's no way Ederson could have prepared for him to go to the right because it would be near impossible for Rashford to hit it to the right. So I do understand the frustration in Ederson setting up for the Rashford shot. But look, as you said, there's arguments for and against. It's always going to be one word against the other. And there's never going to be a definitive answer to this goal. But the most important thing is Manchester United got the three points, baby. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters to us anyway. But I can't understand the frustration from the City point of view. See, the way I see it is, um, obviously we've talked about Arson. I agree. I feel Addison's position was set up for Rashford, as Orrin said. The way the ball was coming and where Rashford was coming, if Rashford was shooting not, he's either trying to go over the top of him or off the inset step into Ederson's right-hand side. Um, so I agree with that point. But I feel if Rashford wasn't there and that ball's played through, Akanji can slide and, and intercept that a lot earlier before it gets there. Because, yes, by the time it gets near Bruno, Akanji is a good bit away. He's not going to slide unless he does a massive dive and slide. He's not going to get anywhere in the earth. But I feel before that, the ball is rolling quite close to Akanji where he could have slid in and intercepted it. But Rashford stand in front of him and he couldn't go straight through the back of Rashford and risk getting himself sent off. The ball is a pace though. That's I, the only thing I know it is a pace, but there was there was definitely a period of time there where Rashford was in the way and Akanji could have slid and intercepted that ball. Mm. I'm not saying he would have done it, but he could have done it. And to me that's impacting the play. Mm. When you brought up what happened with um Rodri last season, the difference there is is I can't remember if it was Southampton or Villa or whoever it was. Mm. He, the centre-back intentionally played the ball, mm-hmm. which negates the offside. If that had been the centre-back, had it headed backwards, not knowing Roger was there, that goal would have counted because the centre-back made an intentional play on the ball. So, in my opinion, the goal st- shouldn't have stood. Look, at, it did stand. Every single Premier League, there's going to be controversy. Usually, these things even themselves out over the course of a season. It's a big moment. It could be a title-defining moment. But in my opinion, it shouldn't have stood. Well, I feel like that's United getting one back for earlier in the season in when, when Ronaldo Newcastle, scored yeah. the goal against Newcastle and it yeah. didn't count when that goal could have, not could have, should have yeah. very clearly counted. Yeah. So I feel like that, that was United, that's their one the, yeah, their three yeah. points. Yeah. The thing the thing about it as well, it was, I think it's more the Addison as well because his positioning, as you said, like he thought... Rashford's going to go to the mm. right here. He's shielding that off. He wasn't expecting Bruno to shoot. With Akanji, probably, what he got there, we'll never know, but he probably should have just kept playing to the whistle. And also, it was just to do with the VAR. The VAR can't change it or whatever because it is subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, the Ronaldo one should have stood too. I think, the, did they blow the whistle on that one? Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably why that didn't stand. But, you know, United got a bit of luck and they'll take it and they'll move on. But... It's like a 50-50 decision, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, it's the thing about it was, it's the, the referee made the decision, didn't he? He overruled over the, the linesman. linesman. And that's yeah. what the boy in Sky Sports was like. The linesman they probably should have went with the linesman. He had went with the linesman, but he made the decision. And But you could see as well, the linesman put his flag up. Yeah. But you see as soon as Bruno went over and was mouthing to the linesman, oh, Rashford didn't he touch panicked. it. He kept saying, I know, I yeah. know, I know. He goes, it's going to VAR. Like, you could read his lips. Yeah. He goes, I know, I know, I know. And I think... The referee sold himself there as well. Yeah. yeah. The linesman sold himself because 
hey count tell a player on the pitch I know I know I know you're right essentially and then be like but it's still no goal yeah. do you know what I mean you can't yeah. do that look hard webs the head of EAR so Monday night is going to win the league no problem <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, look Man City then we'll take it from their perspective I just want to put something to the three of you here, lads, and I feel like it's it's maybe the only thing city ways we can talk about here. So I have a couple of stats. Just United ha- or City had seven hundred and ninety-seven passes in the game. Seven hundred and sixty or four hundred and sixty-seven of those passes were played between the back four. So, so they're just passes between your goalkeeper, right back, two centre backs, and your left back, um, and only fourteen times the ball touched Man United's box. Mm-hmm. Now. They're playing with Erling Haaland, who is having a magnificent individual season, breaking records and scoring goals like on a level in the Premier League we've just never seen. But I don't know, boys. I, this is maybe going to sound a bit controversial. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I think City are playing worse with them. Mm, I think the World Cup came at the worst time for Man City. Like, pre-World Cup, you had Foden playing fantastic. Now Foden's not even getting a kick when he is playing. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's if he starts. In, in that 6-3 game, he was unbelievable. He was unreal. Yeah. He scored a hat-trick, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, two, he scored a hat-trick and Holland scored a hat-trick, yeah. yeah. Um, like, he's, he's barely getting a kick. Cancelo's not sorting. I know Cancelo and Walker started against United. Cancelo was terrible. He was though. terrible at the he World Cup too. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Awful. Whatever awful. awful. He was dropping Portugal. Yeah. 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 He's giving away the ball. He's, he's been off the boil big time. Look, don't get me wrong. I know De Bruyne provided the assist. But he played poorly yesterday. Yeah. No, he did. And he hasn't been good since the World Cup. Yeah. No, Fred kept him in his pocket. Like, um, But that's, this is what we... It's it's a strong debate because Erling Haaland is putting up these ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. And if he is, that means no matter what you're doing, you have to play to that man's strengths because he's always, mm-hmm. always, always going to score you goals. So Pep needs to change his system to suit Erling Haaland. They're not playing great at the minute. And... Even though Erling Haaland's got, what, 27 goals in all competitions or something? He's not playing great at the minute. No. no. and it's He's not, barely getting a touch. He needs it, the ball to play great. Uh, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Or give him the best strike in the world, the fucking ball. It makes no so sense. And it's they're not, not crossing the ball into so him no, or anything. It's, it's not his fault. If you watched him yesterday, or on Saturday, sorry, yesterday, what am I talking about? If you watched him on Saturday, the thing I liked about him and that he kept doing really well is he kept standing on Varane mm. and pulling Varane real deep. But then what he would do is, when he gets Varane on the halfway line, he Turns spins him. him. Yeah. He spins him so quickly. And so many so many opportunities, City just could have just played a killer ball in. Like, I'm not being funny, but if we're saying that City don't have the calibre of player to play that ball to Haaland, you're just talking wet. Mm. Because the best, some of the best passers on the planet. They have, the, they have, ball over the, top they have the best playmaker on the planet. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to work. And a close second in Bernardo Silva on the bench. Exactly. And they're not playing that first time killer That's ball. I was going to say, they're, they're overplaying. That's it. Yeah. They're, they're not too used playing to with speed. Like you even watch them like a midweek against Southampton. They were dreadful. Yeah. They, Slow, they, they lethargic. They were against yeah. Southampton. That's ridiculous. They're just tapping. They're tapping the ball about. They're, they're, pa- they're passing for passing sake. Yes. You were saying this as well. You were saying like in midfield, they're just passing around the back. Most of their passes are just Look. slow, lethargic. It's just And they tire themselves out. Because they're d- doing all the hard work. But that's well, it. you can just sit there and just comfortably, even against Everton, Everton just sat there. They didn't really put them under pressure either. For, for how many years under Pep now with City has it been? City go in 3-4-0 up at halftime. Mm, yeah. And the job's done. And then they can do that shitty, silly, fucking tippy-tappy football in the second right, half. Kill the game. Kill the game. Where the opposition out. If City go in at 0-0 at halftime now, they struggle to win the game. Because I just don't think... I, I, look... Again, might be an unpopular opinion, but I I think City are 
a second place side now because Arsenal have been the best team in the Premier League this year and it's not even up for debate yeah. anymore. Yeah. Arsenal have been in the ascendancy. What Arteta is doing with Arsenal is ideally what Pep would like to do with Man City. But Arsenal are just so much more fluid at the minute. Yeah. And City are just... It's like you said, Connor. It's passing for passing's sake. Yeah. Like, that ball to Holland needs to work once out of every five times you play it for it to be a goal. That, like, that's something as that. You play that ball five times and four of them are shit balls he doesn't get near them. He gets through once he scores. It's early yeah. hand. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, and I think we're kind of talking about City now for the sake of being... Because they're Manchester City and we're talking about Arsenal faltering because it's Arsenal we're assuming it's going to happen. Yeah. But see if this was, say, City in Arsenal position and Liverpool behind them. Everybody was saying, league's over. Mm-hmm. League's gone. So, like, City have been off the boil now for two or three months. They're dropping stupid points. Mm. The loss to Brentford, they were extremely lucky not to draw a Fulham. They got a very dubious penalty. Like this City don't lose those games. Chelsea mm. could have beaten them last week, yeah. realistically. Yeah. Yeah, they drew Everton and Everton. Drew Everton are terrible. the worst team in the league at the moment. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird. Like and and Pep I think sold out his team the other day. I, I was disappointed in Pep Guardiola the other day when he said straight after the match, he said uh, don't care about the Premier League. Don't care about the Carabao Cup, which is an absolute lie. Because and you should not be four years in a row. He won the Carabao Cup four years in a row. Yeah, yeah. like he's lying. There's nothing it's more. Ridiculous. There's nothing more he would like to do than be the first to win a quadruple. Exactly. Yeah. In England, you cannot yeah. make a statement like that no. for one of the biggest clubs in the world. You cannot. I don't care what you've won. That is an awful statement to make. If I'm playing for Pep Guardiola and he's coming out in the public and saying that there, I'm thinking. He doesn't care about us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about me as a player. Why do I want to play for him yeah. anymore? Yeah. I, I love this club, but I don't want to play for him. But even like with Foden, as you were saying, like he wasn't playing him. Mm. And then he just takes him off after 55 minutes. I know he wasn't playing well. But like even at the World Cup, Foden was playing decently. So yeah. whatever's happening, like City just they're one of the best squads in the world. Mm-hmm. But they're not playing well. And he's not playing to their strengths. He's taking too much out of the ball. Bit of speed. Holland him behind. He's going to score goals. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the frustration in the side too. Like... Even with Holland, just when we're talking about that uh, City and Everton game, you, everybody's seen the the clip of Holland mouthing off to Godfrey yeah. and all. Shows how easy them City players are to wind up. Mm-hmm. It's and because that's for her as well. Well, it's because uh, ultimately with the side that Man City have, and they are on paper, they're undoubtedly the best team in the world. Mm. Yeah. But this has been a massive underperformance this season. Mm-hmm. To go out in the cup to Southampton, to be second in the league, how many points behind Arsenal? Eight. Eight, now. Eight. Eight. Eight points behind Arsenal. Arsenal, who finished fifth last year. Yeah. You know, this is... And, and Sorry, and this is not me having a dig at Arsenal. This is me saying, you know, this is meant to be the best team in, in the world. They're meant to have the best manager in the world, mm-hmm. meant to have the best players in the world. They signed a striker that made everybody go, oh, well, what's the point in playing in this league anymore yeah. because they're just going to batter everybody. Yeah. Well, do you know what? They're not. And if I was a City fan, I'd be a bit worried because Arsenal are the team in the ascendancy. Man United's not far behind you. Newcastle are not far behind you. There are teams in and around this league that will turn teams like City over. Brentford, yeah, Brighton, yeah, they will turn Man City over if they keep playing this stupid style of football rather than playing to Erling Haaland's strengths. That's all I have to say on Man City. So yeah. we'll move it on to North London then. 
Manchester's red, North London's red. There's a thing about red this weekend, really, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah. Uh, Nottingham Forest. So Lancashire's red mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> um, look, Arsenal, absolutely fantastic in the game. Just went about their business so brilliantly. That is now the second time, or sorry, they've done the double now over Spurs. The first time they've done that since 2013-14, which is a massive statement for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Oren, tell me what you think. Look, Arsenal did play well. I'm not going to take that away from them, but I equally thought Spurs were awful. Um, they made it easy for Arsenal. It, i seen an article from The Athletic uh, qu- shortly after the game finished. And it was talking about Tottenham last season destroying Arsenal, and that was when Conte first came in, and it sh- and it was it was all about like um, the descendants of Arsenal or, or the descendants of Tottenham and the ascendance of Arsenal, uh, the rise of Arsenal, really. um, and it's it's great to see like from from a neutral Premier League. Football fans' point of view, it's great to see Arsenal back up where they belong because Arsenal is one of the best teams and biggest teams in the world. Um, I seen a quote from Jose Mourinho whenever he beat Arsenal two 0 um, and he was talking about Mikel Arteta, and he says, "If they give him time, he will do wonders for this club." And uh, look, he's he's proven it. He's he's proven it in the transfer window, and he's not overspending on players like they got Martin Odegaard for something like 36 million and now he's their captain and their best player by a mile one of the best midfielders in the league probably the Uh, best attacking midfielder in the league on on, on, on current current form form. yeah Yeah. oh 100% they've Saka playing out of his skin they've Xhaka playing out of his skin I think Xhaka's a core member of that Arsenal team yeah um, Eddie Nketiah has come in, in in the absence of Gabriel Jesus and he's done a job he's terrorising defenders he's playing really really well Um. Look, Arsenal are definitely going to be up there. Um, it, there's no question that they're they're challenging for the title. Um, I know we're not even halfway through the season, but if they keep going the way they're going, there's no stopping them. Up um, to have them at, for the first time this season. Up to have officially officially have them down on the stats as the favourites to win the Premier League. Yeah. And, and I would say that's the first time yeah. this season. And in the last 10 years, Opta have predicted, at this stage of the season, Opta have predicted 9 out of the last 10 <laughs> Premier League winners. Well, look, this weekend could prove a lot, to be fair. It's a massive, massive game between United and Arsenal. Um, it could show where Arsenal is at the minute, and it'll definitely show where United are. Yep. Um, and then, I think it's in a couple of weeks, Arsenal have like a, a six-game spell of just mad mod fixtures like the, the, the all the top teams well not the t- all the top teams like but they've got top top team after top top team so it's going to be a real test for arsenal um but yeah they know what they needed to do against spurs um spurs again just lackluster it shows they need recruitment yeah um and in my opinion it shows they need rid of conte because it's just not working and i think they need to cut their losses um but they've been linked with the likes of trossard this week apparently they put in a 12 million pound bid Look, if they get him for between 12 and 20 million, that's a ridiculous piece of business. And he will come in and do well for Spurs because Spurs need an attacker. And Trossard deserves to be playing for one of them clubs. Um, and he will do well for Spurs if he does go. So I do hope that move uh, happens because I don't know what it is. I don't actually mind Spurs. I think it's because your brother supports them. <laughs> I don't mind them. Um, but yeah, now Arsenal done their job. Um, the whole team contributed. Obviously, there was the, 
incident at the end, which I thought was absolutely disgraceful from the Tottenham farm. There's no point in talking about a knob like that. Yeah, so yeah. disgraceful. Disgusting. But Arsenal deservedly in the win column once again. Yeah, only lost once this season to Manchester United. They're going to face their second defeat next weekend, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> Owen, come to you. You are our goalkeeping analyst, the holy goalie himself. <laughs> the, holy goalie. the holy goalie, the cream of the cream goalkeeper. <laughs> bit of a bit of a chalk and cheese with the two goalkeeping performances. Obviously, you're looking at one goalkeeper who's extremely high on confidence. You're looking at another goalkeeper who's been really shot on confidence since the World Cup final. Um, Larice made a big blunder. Ramsdale, seven saves in the game. It's the most he's made in a Premier mm-hmm. League game this year, showing just, just how important he can be in the big moments for Arsenal as well. Talk me through the two goalkeeping performances and talk me through especially that mistake from Larice. Well, as you said, Larice, it was horrible. Like, Larice has been one of the, the premier goalkeepers in the world for the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Look, we all, it's always been kind of said, especially recently, about Larice's dip in form. And you do kind of have to say now Lloris has probably come to the end of his tenure. He was at the top of the game for a long time, but eventually you do have to come down. Look, at you shouldn't... No goalkeeper should be getting beat by near post, never mind putting a cross in their own net. Yeah. Like, just... He doesn't have to catch it. But just put do that. Punch it out. Yeah. Why Don't let it hit your chest. Mm-hmm. If you let it hit the part of your body that's not your hands, you have no control over where that ball goes. And you've seen it. Hits his chest, hits his hand, hits his face, when the goal goes. He's almost fallen before... The shot or cro- whatever it was, he's almost yeah. fallen uh, like before it's even hit. But like he's he's not he's not sad for a cross. Like Saka's not going to shoot from there. Mm-hmm. He's always going to try and cut it back. So the race just needs to be in the position to be set in the cross. Have his feet right. Stick his hands out. If he can't catch it, get it away fifteen yards, twenty yards away further back from where it came or out for a corner. Mm-hmm. And even even the second goal, look, it's a great finish from Odegaard. It's twenty five yards out along the ground. It's a daisy cutter. Like. If you you expect a goalkeeper of Hugo Lloris's caliber to at least make a better effort to get yeah, in there, like, be saving it. Yeah, I think he should be saving it. it. Um, and then you compare him to Ramsdale, who had a fantastic game. Yeah. And that's what you, a team like Arsenal needs. The team that is challenging for a title is a goalkeeper who, when they when they do concede chances, because look at these teams aren't going to be on top every minute of every game, and their t- the opposition is going to have no chances. When those chances do come, your keeper makes the saves, and that was the difference between Arsenal and Tottenham. Because in the second half, Tottenham were much improved. Like Arsenal didn't really have many chances in the second half. Yeah. And the difference was when Arsenal had the chances in the first half, they scored them. And when Tottenham had them in the second half, Ramsdale saved them. And that was the difference in that in the game there. Like um Tottenham just looked poor in the first half. Really, really poor. Like they let Arsenal have their their way of them. Like it could have been it could have been three four nil after about fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um and like although Tottenham came out better in the second half, it's like when you said earlier on about City used to be going in at half time, the job was done. Arsenal went in at half time, the job was done. They knew the job was done. Yeah. They sat back, they knew if Spurs did, Spurs didn't score, they're gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. So they just sat back and defended defended well. Yes, yeah, Spurs had a few opportunities, but they didn't like Ramsey made a couple of good saves, but they weren't great finishes. Yeah. Like even just even just before half time, Harry Kane had a, a header that he glanced went straight at Ramsdale. If you want Harry Kane he's a premier striker he's one of the best strikers in the world if you're in a club like Tottenham who's not not performing the way he's want to be Harry Kane needs to be scoring chances like that he's 8 yards out he gets a pretty decent connection on it he puts it right at Ramsdale like, I just thought Tottenham were woeful I'll be honest with you no that's look, that's fair enough Connor, um, we a player that we have you know talked about a little bit um, since we started the podcast but haven't really gone in depth on him yet Granit Xhaka 
It was a wee bit of a walk in the park for him, really, against Spurs. He completely controlled the midfield. 32 passes attempted, 32 passes completed. Five dribbles completed. Um, look, he, he, he ran the show for Arsenal, really, didn't he? He's, de- he's a leader for Arsenal as well. I've seen the video there. He was before the game. He knew, even at the end, when the fan came on the pitch, he was <laughs> first man over because he has that in him. But he's also been very smart this year. He's not picking up as many yellow cards. He's not getting sent off. That midfield is probably the best midfield in the Premier League at the minute. You know, Odegaard's been sensational. We spoke. I spoke about him last week. A player of the week. He was again top form. Have obviously Shaka and Partey has been unbelievable too. Yeah. What I like about Arsenal midfielders is quick. Get rid of the ball. Get it to the good players. Get it to Saka. They knew. They seen Tottenham were sitting back. They were assessing on, and they went just get at him, Saka. Just get the ball. Get at him. Why well, say Saka was licking his lips when yeah. he seen? Yeah. When he you seen know the team that's shoot. it as well. And then Tottenham. The way their formation is, they only had two in midfield. And it was Saar and Hoiberg, and they got completely overrun. <laughs> yeah. And they were just destroyed in that first half. And then what I liked about Arsenal, they showed their durability, their substance in the second half. They just they, they hung on, really, to be honest. They, just, they were like, we're not going to concede here. We're going to get the three points. Um, and obviously, Ramsdale stood up. I've not been that impressed with Ramsdale this season. He's a good passer of the ball, um, but he showed me up there. Seven saves, man of the match. And we're talking about Lloris. I thought even from the first minute, minute, his body language, he just looked scared. Even he nearly gave away the goal uh, he at the caught, start. He got caught out. Yeah. Start. Took took too long yeah. on the ball and then had to just. Which was weird it. because I thought at the World Cup he played well. Yep. So I was kind of thinking he'd come back. But even against Villa, he was poor. He made a mistake when he came back, and the goal. I don't know what he was doing. His own was saying like, "What is he doing?" He just yeah. You barely see that from a goalkeeper the way he conceded that. Yeah. Uh, but Arsenal, I, I think they're going to win the title. To be honest, I just can't see anybody stopping them. Um. With the kind of remind me of Liverpool, there's a big game coming up. They're playing each other in the league now in a few weeks at the Emirates. If Arsenal can beat them, City, I think it's over. Ah, it's no question. I, don't, I think it's the only team I think has stopped them is maybe United if they beat them on Sunday. Yeah. But if they beat United and they beat City, it's over. It's over. Fair enough. Which is crazy to think because at the start of the year, I don't even know if I'd say they would get top four. No. Well, I, I didn't have them in my no. early top four prediction. I had them. Fifth or sixth, I think. So, mm-hmm. and Arteta was under pressure this year as well because they completely collapsed last year. Yeah. So if he didn't perform well at the start of this year, they might have got rid of him. But he's been the best manager. Look, shows how crucial a preseason is. Yeah. Yeah. And getting your players in that you want, and forming your own team, and and making them gel in that preseason time yeah. to your tactics. Like that, it shows how crucial a preseason like, is. Arsenal done their business early. Really did, yeah. and yeah. got them in like. And that's what I love about Arteta. This, like, especially just with this Mudrick deal. Look, the whole January transfer window, it was Mudrick wants Arsenal. He was, he made no secret of it. Uh, Arsenal didn't really make a secret of it either, but they were determined not to overspend. They, they, they put in a bid of ninety-five million euros, and Chelsea ended up getting them for a hundred million euros, and that was just down to their own principles. Look, we're not. We're, yeah, this is our yeah. budget. This is what we're going to spend on them. Definitely. You take it or leave it. Yeah. And I think that's great. From for it's great discipline yeah. from the club, and from Arteta. But that's what yeah. cost United, as you were saying, the preseason because we got off to such a bad mm. start because we yeah. were getting the players in too late. We should have had Anthony in. Well, Casemiro maybe wasn't available, but we should have had these players in, and mm. that could actually cost United because there was six points at the start of the year and then that yeah, you're never going to get back. While Arsenal have just got off to a flying start, yeah. and the confidence is up, and, and they look going. unbeatable. To be honest, yeah. well, that's it. We are talking about Xhaka there. Arteta deserves immense credit for 
rescue and grabs Jacko. Oh, he was dead and gone. He like, said them like Jacko didn't have one foot out the door. Jacko was out yeah. the door. He just came back because he forgot his bloody coat. Yeah, but but Jacko Jack has never been a bad player. No, no, no. he was just misprofiled by other managers. Yeah. yeah, too many managers thought he was a defensive midfielder. He was never a defensive mm-hmm. midfielder. No. He was always an eight. He was never a six. So misprofiling comes down a lot, and that's why Arteta also deserves praise there. Because discipline as well. Di- Sorting out his discipline, but yeah. profiling him as an eight rather than yeah, a six. Yeah, getting Thomas Party in has allowed Jacka to do what Jacka does best. Yeah, like Jacka, you said Jacka was never the guy who's going to sit in front of the front four. That's why he got so many bookings. Yeah, because he wasn't what he did. It wasn't his position. So like getting Party in has just released Jacka mm-hmm. to control that midfield, and you've got Odegaard up there now playing the killer passes and putting the ball in the net. But Jacka's doing so much work in behind that, and Arteta deserves immense credit for for that. Like. Just goes to show you what happens when you have a world-class number six, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And what it yeah. allows your attacking players to do. Mm-hmm. Um, look, just want to get your quick opinion. Conte, I think he got it completely wrong. Too often this season, Spurs have been shite. And I'll, I'll, I'll say that exactly that. Kane and Son. Kane, 18 touches in the first half. Son, 17. It's looking brutal. Their formation, brutal. They can't get the ball to their front three, who are good creators, but they can't get the out ball to them. And that's where Arsenal completely ripped them apart the other day. Oren, back him or sack him? Sack him. Owen? Sack him. Connor? I'd definitely sack him, as you said. Do you know what, though? Midfield, they're getting overrun. Can't get the ball into the key and Son, and Son has no confidence mm-hmm. at the minute. Kudasesuke I thought was impressive. Like He is a good player for them, but I, de- I think it's time to go. Like we're, t- we're talking about this game as if... Arsenal completely, completely dominated. They didn't. Second half, Spurs had so many chances. Session Young, if he had scored that in the 50th minute, that's a different game. Turns the game. It definitely would have turned the game. Yeah. Perisic, when he came on, had a brilliant chance. And for some reason, he caught it back. Like, I, I will never, ever... No, sorry. The ball was... He, he played a 1-2. And the ball was literally played right to Perisic. But he thought it wasn't good enough. And he waved his hands up in the air oh, and just yeah, let yeah. the ball run out. And you could see, I think it was Son played the pass to him. He was like, what are you doing? He was like, that ball's right there. Just put your foot in that. They need to sort that out. Because they had the chances, they just didn't take them. Because the start of the second half, Spurs were the better team. But Tottenham's, always, Tottenham's just conceding too much in the first half. They're, yeah. start, they're always starting the game two goes down already. It's like what I said a couple of weeks ago. It's Ali's United. Yeah. It's the second half team. They're literally going, oh, oh, it's not, who, who wants to win 1-0? Let's win 3-2. It's more fun. Exactly. Yeah, but you know what? You can't even back on them to be a second-half team now because, it's like you said, the chances, but they didn't finish them. No. Like, so you can't, you can't even back yeah. on them to be a second-half like, team. Even the, week, know? even the week before, right, to beat Crystal Palace 4-0, they were brutal for the first 50 minutes. Yeah. If Tottenham don't score, they can't do anything. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds like, oh, if Tottenham don't score, they don't win. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, they need that goal to ignite them playing any sort of mm-hmm. football. Which means when they play the big teams who you need to be wearing the goal from the very first minute, you're not going to get anything easy. You're not going to get that goal to kickstart you. And if you do get a goal to kickstart you, you're probably three 0 down already. Yeah. No, there's something. There's something wrong. Like even the substitutions Conte is making at the at the times he's making them. I'm glad Richardson's back because I think Richardson's a great player. But Richardson should not have played that game because he. Before he even came onto the pitch, he was starting rows with Arsenal yeah. players. You could tell he wasn't there to play football. He was there to get dirty. Yeah. Um, he, he was there to be a thug um, and it just didn't work for him like that's why and I'm not trying to bring it back to United but that's where I think Eric Ten Hag has excelled with this United team he knows when to put the substitutions on like Eriksson was, he played a great first half but whenever he took Eriksson off he had made four or five 
bad passes in, in a row and he was like right Ericsson you're off and that was a great decision I think Conte needs to have that ruthlessness which with his players which he's known for he's known for being a ruthless manager and if Spurs are going to stick with him they need to back him and back his tactics because if they don't back his tactics how are they going to achieve anything I nearly get the sense that Conte doesn't want to even want to be there. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Conte's just like, right, I don't want to be here. I'll wait till they sack me and I'll get my sovereigns in the way. No, well, I, I go back to Italy. I don't think he will wait till he's sacked. I think he'll leave on his own account, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll want to have something embarrassing, as embarrassing as being sacked by Spurs on his resume. He's like, he's too good for Spurs kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I'm too good for he this. Want, he just yeah. wants to go back to Italy. Yeah. So, let him jog on. Spurs would be better with a different manager anyway, yeah. to be honest. 100%. And right. I actually really do feel sorry for my bro at the minute. Spurs like, have some good players. Like, as as yeah, they do. Like, uh, like, we were talking about that fella Saar, me and your brother, the other day. He's been brilliant since he's come into the side. As you said, Kulazewski, he changes Tottenham. Yeah. He really, really yeah. does. He gives them another creative option. Player. As you said, Trossard, they need somebody like that as well. He just runs. They need more creativity. Yes, they need another striker. Or Sorry, they need another forward like Trossard. Yeah. Someone on the wing who's going to provide some support. Yeah. So, some attacking support for Harry Kane, but also deliver them killer balls. Well, look, the one thing Trossard's good at doing is link and play. Yeah. He's yeah. always involved in the build-up. And if you can take that build-up burden off Kane, mm-hmm. Spurs will be more exp- expressive and expansive. And that's what Spurs need to be. You can't have a front three of Son, Kane and Kulisevsky and not fucking score in mm-hmm. a game. Will you watch Spurs more than all of us? If they're saying Trossard under Antonio Conte, does... He make Antonio Conte Spurs a better team, or does Conte change Trossard? No, it's another middling signing. Yeah, this is the problem. Spurs need to get a manager that suits these players. Yeah, Richarl- yeah. like don't get me wrong, I don't think Richarlison's been a bad signing for Spurs, but they spent seventy fucking million on him. He has to play. Put him under another manager. See if you give uh, Richarlison to Pochettino. Oh my God, he would be banging goals left, right, right and centre. I'm glad you brought up Pochettino because there is a certain manager who used to manage Spurs in their best period of recent history who doesn't have a club at the moment. Yeah. Why are Spurs yeah. not trying to get Pochettino it's back? It's a no-brainer though. Yeah. If Conte goes, Pochettino will be back. Yeah, get that's him back. That's a no-brainer. Get him back. That, but that, they, can't that's the, they can't afford the wait. There's going to be clubs going after him. Oh, I. But Poch loves Spurs. Yeah. Loves everything about that football club. He will come back in the morning. I'm telling you, see if like a Barcelona or someone come in for Poch and Spurs were there as well, he takes Spurs. Yeah. Honest to God. Yeah. He loves Tottenham. So yeah, get contact. I hope they do, because I like I like Pochettino. Yeah, so I like right. Pochettino's football. football. Yeah. yeah. It's good football. Like whenever he was always linked to United, I was thinking, oh do you know what? I'd I'll take Pochettino, take definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, he plays good football and I hope he does go back to Spurs. Alright, lads gonna move it on then to the, the third derby of the weekend, uh, Nottingham Forest and Leicester. Look Force playing some really, really good stuff. Yeah. After us giving them some serious stuff. Serious stick. <laughs> I had them relegated. I had them relegated. <laughs> I said they cannot score goals to save their life. But you know what? It looks as though these new signings are all starting to click. And they're they're looking like a team now. And Cooper, look, it's a good thing the back they stuck with him because he's getting it right at the minute. Yeah. Oren, I want to talk about one Forest player in particular, a player who I gave a bit of stick to. <laughs> and it's, again, it's not that I ever thought he was a bad player. I just didn't think he was worth the 40 million that they paid yeah. for him. <laughs> But he's shutting me up at the minute, so hope you're enjoying the pod, Morgan Gibbsway. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, talk to me about Gibbsway. He, he has been fantastic these last few weeks, yeah. hasn't he? Look, there was always the potential there. Um, there was even the potential there when he played for Wolves. Uh, you could see when he first came into the Wolves side, he was getting the good touches in the Cups. And when he was playing in the Carabao Cup and in the FA Cup, you could see he was he, he was going to be a decent midfielder. I, I, I agree with you didn't warrant a £40 million transfer fee after one good season in the Championship with Sheffield United. But Wolves were in a position that they could ask for that because they wanted to keep him. They wanted him in that midfield. 
Wolves could be doing them with him in midfield at the minute. Yeah, they could. Yeah. Um, but look, Nottingham Forest really wanted the player. They invested heavily in him and they're reaping their rewards. He's playing great football. He's linking up with their their own boys like Brandon Johnson. Like Brandon Johnson scored two goals there. Two, two goals assists, from Johnson, two assists, two assists from, from Gibbs, Gibbs White. White. That's obviously a partnership. Assists. It is a good partnership because... Look, I'll be the first to criticise Brandon Johnson. I don't think he's that good. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's that good. There's definitely a player in him, but I don't think he's at the level of the Premier League. No, he's, he's a top quality championship winner, yeah. uh, promotion side winner yeah. for a year. He's he like de- a torment. Yeah, he is. But he could definitely become a good Premier League player because he is young enough. Like, yeah. I think he's, what, 23 or something? If even. Yeah, if that. He's young, he's young like... Um, and he's got national team experience with Wales and stuff. So, look, Forrester are a good team. Um, I think they need to sign a number nine because you can't rely on a one year up front. Uh, or do you know anyway. what? I think there's the, these last few weeks, the performances have been a lot better. I'm telling you, when, see when that lad starts scoring, I think the floodgates will open. No, no, no. I understand that. But who is there? To, who is there? If a one year's injured, who plays striker? Well,. They keep going to Sam Surridge, yeah. which is the problem. And he's not good enough. And like they have no. £20 million Emmanuel Dennis on the bench. Yeah, exactly. And now apparently they're looking to offload him in January. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Emmanuel Dennis is a great player. This is a guy that had 14 goal yeah. contributions in the Premier League last year. Yeah, played on real against us last year. Oh, he destroyed us. Destroyed us, yeah. yeah. But Sam Surridge couldn't get a game for Bournemouth in the Premier League when they were last in the Premier League. Yeah. So how's he going to get a game for Nottingham Forest, let alone be their sub-striker? That's just what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But look... Nottingham Forest getting their goals getting their wins it's about time with the investment it was always going to happen at some stage that they were going to get a couple of wins um, maybe they bring in a couple more players in January offload the ones that they know now that aren't going to get into their team Yeah, could see a different Nottingham Forest in this second half of the season well Owen they've just signed Danny Lowe from the Brazilian League central defensive midfielder look obviously we don't know a whole pile about him yeah. but I did read a, a scout report on him from a journalist of the Brazilian League and they are they for the last two years they have been calling this kid the next Casemiro. They have said he is going to be the next CDM prodigy from Brazil. Um, they're making more additions in January. Is this a good thing, or would you do you think they should have maybe just stuck with the players that they had already purchased rather than dipping back into the market? See, it's a risk for them. Because if they do go down, Nottingham Forest is in massive trouble financially. Like they've they've put all their eggs in staying in the Premier League this season, yeah. and obviously like the likes of Ben, a player like that, a young player from Brazil, who could be a phenom or it could be a flop. But I do agree, I do like them buying young and trying to build a team. But as you said they bought an entire new team. This team's only now starting the jail. It's introducing more into this. Going to maybe upset the apple cart a wee bit. Yeah. Look, time te- time will tell. I think they probably could have done with maybe just sticking more at the hard so far and, and continue jailing. Because they are getting results. Like their last five games, they've won three of them, uh, lost one through one. They lost United, who's only won the, the loss in the Drew of Chelsea. Yeah. So like they're getting results now. It's starting to click for them. So I think they might have been better leaving well well and well enough alone now look I could look like a dick of this by Danilo comes in he turns out to be the best CDM <laughs> in the Premier League New Casemiro yeah he, come, he comes in and just bosses the game I look like a pure dick but I don't know I think they probably could have been better just sticking with the hard to be honest with you yeah no that's fair enough Connor, uh, a lot of trouble um, in the Leicester end at the end of the game a lot of banners flying about um, actually calling ownership and manager out look 
is it time for Rodgers to get the axe? Um, Rodgers, it's a weird one because they're not backing him financially. That's what they were saying. They, were, they weren't really going at Rodgers and the they were, they were going at the owners for not making signings. This is four defeats on the bounce. They were playing well before the World Cup. I don't know what's happened, especially they got that centre-back in, that by Vice. Vice. He was dreadful again. He just gets caught out every time. They're playing the high line. It could be time for Rodgers to go. Um, I'm absolutely... Harvey Barnes missed two absolute sitters. Sitters, yeah, he did. And it would have been a totally different game. <laughs> um, it would have been a totally different game if he had scored one of those. Uh, I'm down here's name. I'll have to do it. <laughs> no, it would have been a totally different game if he had scored. Uh, <laughs> but with, uh, just with Forrest, I had them down, relegated, and they've completely shown me to be wrong. Um, as you were saying, Gibbs White makes such a difference in that team because mm-hmm. he didn't play against United. And since he's come back, he has just turned it all around since that Chelsea game, and I just have to eat it. I think they'll stay up now. So there you go. Big I, call. I, I would love Leicester sack Rogers. I'd love to see him fired. I hate him because <laughs> he left Celtic. Yeah, because he left us in the middle of the season, <laughs> which was the travel, travel season. Travel, 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 travel season, and I mean we got Neil Lennon in for the next season. Yeah. If Rogers had stayed, Celtic would have would be on eleven titles in a row. Yeah, no, I'm not getting another. That's why you're saying to sack him every week. I just wonder. If I if I if I if Brandon Rogers was sacked, I would. Love but who would Leicester like, get in? That's hooking the question. It, hooking into my veins. Who are you going to get in to replace him? Like that's. There's it's easy saying, "Oh, let's sack him, let's sack him," but Nuno Espirito you know, Santo still there, like yeah. Look, there's, there is, there's managers there. Sean Dice, Sam Allardyce, there is yeah. plenty of managers. Sean Dice was at uh, uh, the Force game. Was he? Yeah. yeah. He was, he was in the crowd. He's in talks, man. Mm. Maybe he is. You heard here first, Scout. exclusive Maybe from the Bottom Bench podcast. Sean Dice is in talks with Leicester City. <laughs> no, no, mate, bloody luck me begging Rogers to get sacked to go and get bloody past the cogger and steal it from him again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lads, got to move it on. Let's all have a laugh at Liverpool. Ha ha. <laughs> For the record, that wasn't a laugh at Liverpool, that was a laugh at Richard. <laughs> Be a 3-0 by writing. Yeah. Oh, you have to love it, don't you? Yeah. Look, they gave us a stick at the start of the season when we got beat by Brentford and Brighton. And what's happened to them? Oh yeah, baby. Mudded. They've been mudded. mudded. They're down bad, lads. Yeah, they are they down are bad. Down bad. bad. <laughs> they are they diamonds are in the rough. <laughs> like. <laughs> they are down bad. Um, oh, he caught me off guard with that one, you know. <laughs> no, look... We've talked about it for weeks. Liverpool have had their problems. They've had their struggles. Um, it shows that there's no real. There's like we were talking about it even on the way into the studio here now. Their tactics, their tactics don't seem to be there. Let alone their players performing well. Well, surely Klopp um, has to take some of the blame for for, okay. for these recent spot of results. Definitely does. Definitely does. Um, but look, they need investment. FSG just aren't giving them the money, and you can see like it's easy for us as United fans to see when an owner isn't putting their money into the club because we're so used to it um, and it is clear to see it in the Liverpool squad um, they need a defender at least one they need a whole revamp in midfield yeah. and uh, Darwizzi he needs to he needs to start performing so he does he was um, he was injured for that game though, so. he, he balled against us in pro clubs yeah and I dormant he lad he was not injured in pro clubs yeah and, uh, <laughs> he was balling that's, that's, that's where he got injured that's maybe <laughs> Well, look, the, the number of pressures they're making per game is down 15% on last season. The number of passes they're completing per game is also down 20% on last season. Their passes per defensive actions is also down 15% on last season. It's just not good, is it? Like no, Joe Matip's not good enough. No. no. Um, and, yeah, 
they, we could talk all day about their midfield. They just need investment in their midfield because their midfield is dreadful. It's they needed. can't run. Yeah. No, they're horrific. They can't run. It's awful. They have no like box to box powerful PSC midfielder. It's so it's such a change. They miss Wayne Aldum. Yes. Yeah. They, Why they let him go? They had no reason to let him go. Stupid. It was on a free too. He got he got a free PSG. He's a Roman now, isn't he? Yeah, Roman loan. Yeah, Mane. I I like. Don't get me wrong. I know Mane, unbelievable attacking player. But the thing that Mane did better than anyone else in that Liverpool squad was press from the front. Yeah. If there was one of them two players to go, they should have got rid of Salah. They they have lost the press from the front ability. Yeah. And that's one thing Liverpool fans just need to realise that like Mane, yes, he was important in terms of the goals that he contributed and the assists that he contributed. But you have now lost an entire dynamic with the team that is really, really hard to replace. That's where I actually think Trossard might be a better fit for Liverpool rather than Spurs because of that work mm-hmm. that he does off the ball. But Diaz will come in and do that yeah. whenever he's Yeah, look, he, he probably will. But the problem is, once again, sure, how long is Diaz going to play before oh, he's no, injured again? Exactly. How long is Jada going to play before he's injured and again? And Jackbo hasn't been great since he started for Liverpool no. either. Yeah, but he, he's look, come in at the wrong time. He, ha- he has come in at the wrong oh, time. Oh, yeah. Right, no. Look, he's going to come good, 100%. Look, yeah, well, like, the, this season's dead for Liverpool. Yeah, like, you gone. look at Liverpool's midfield compared to Brighton's midfield. Brighton's midfield is just so much superior. McAllister, Casado, just... So much better, they got completely outrun. Brighton's midfield is one of the best on paper in the league. Yeah, yeah. it really, really is. And for the work that they do for their coach, see, that's the thing. I love how so many of these teams in the Premier League now, like managers, literally play to their players' strengths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why was this never a thing before? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this season, managers have just gone, looked at their squads, and gone, right. Well, this is what this guy can do well. This is what this guy can do well. And then they have other players in the side that can compensate for the lack of things that other players can do. Yeah. These teams are all just complementing each like, other at the minute. Managers in the Premier League now are actually starting to buy smart. They're, if they want a system, they're buying players that suit that system. They're yeah. not just going, yeah. oh. He scored 25 goals last season. I want him, and he could be a completely different player from what you need. Yeah. They're actually starting to bay with a bit of a head on them now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, except. Yeah, completely agree with you, Owen. I think recruitment is so important for these sides now, and, and they are doing it right. So, in all that excitement, lads, we've ended up talking about more games uh, more than others. So, I'm just going to run through these last few fixtures, if that's all right with you. Owen, I'll come to you first. Aston Villa defeating Leeds 2 1. Are Leeds in trouble? Uh, no, I wouldn't say they're in trouble. I thought it was a decent game. Um, and I've noticed a, a theme in the boob of the week the last two weeks, uh, or the last few weeks, sorry. Owen said Leon Bailey was the boob of the week. Leon Bailey scored a great goal in, in the Nelson Villa win. He said Brandon Wormo was the boob of the week, who played absolutely phenomenal against Liverpool in, in a great win. So whoever's boob of the week is this week, Hopefully he bangs in a goal next week. <laughs> I guarantee you the boot of the week next week will still be a dick next week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, good result for Austin Villa. Um, another good result for Emery. Yeah, no problem. Owen, Everton at home to Southampton. Defeated 2-1. It's really not looking good at the minute for Everton, is no, it? Everton's destined for the drop. Simple as that. Like, as uh, Mincy said, even Jesus couldn't come in and manage that team to safety at the minute. Yeah. Look at the club, it's just in complete disarray. You've seen the videos of players like, getting hounded by fans and stuff. Yuri Mina out. <laughs> Board members being put in. Board members not allowed to come to the game because of the threat of danger. Anthony Gordon, did you see what they done to his Jeep and all? Yeah. Man, they start going at Anna Sims. Well, Anna Sims was supposed to be, must be there two minutes. <laughs> like, I said it, it was like the Simpsons meme of that. He's like, hey, what did I do? How he got here? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Uh, um, Everything's just in the mud. They're desperate for the drop. Big win for Southampton. 
Needed win for Southampton. Ward Prowse is the absolute goat. Give that man a free kick anywhere within 25 yards and you're fact. Best free kick taker we've ever seen ever. in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Connor, Wolves, 1-0 victors against West Ham. Again, massive in the relegation battle this year. Do we realistically have a conver- need to have a conversation about David Moyes' job? Yeah, I think so. It's seven of them, one in seven games. They're now in the relegation zone. They're in big trouble. Uh, they can't score goals. Uh, Wolves are now starting to pick up a bit of form. There's a few teams around them picking up form, so I think it could be trouble. They've only scored six away goals this season. They don't create enough. They're rarely troubled or saw and that's, yeah. yeah, it could be the time to go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oren, Brentford, 2-0 victors against Bournemouth. Brentford just going strength and strength at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, and Ivan Tony's back. Uh, back in the goals. He's always going to score goals when he's in the team. Like, No, it was, a, it was a confident win for Brentford that I think we all expected, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Owen, I'll let you take this one because me, Connor, and Oren don't have a great opinion of Chelsea, so I'll let you have this <laughs> one. Um, Chelsea, victorious over Crystal Palace. What's your verdict then? Wow, he's beaten Palace. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you think I was going to go easy on them? I think they're shite. They're <laughs> well done. He's got you script a one 0 win against Palace. Well, you're still going to finish like ninth or something. Yeah. Whoop de do. Like, Potter is having like I know he still needs time, but is they're not they're just throwing money about them for the crack. They don't need Mujic. Why did they buy Mujic? They literally bought Mujic. It's like, oh, I don't want Arsenal to have him. Yeah. And Arsenal's like, yeah. Arsenal's like, fair enough, we're still so much better news at the minute. What are you going to do with Mujic? And they're like, oh shit, never thought of that. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out, we're sitting beside Mudrick McCordle. I don't know what he's done with his hair, but he looks like the £100 million man that Chelsea have just signed. I, I, I keep forgetting to go to the fucking barber. <laughs> but like Chelsea at home, their best player was a goalkeeper. Yeah, oh, match. So it just shows against Crystal Palace. Yeah, that is just... Did, I know what it's got. Did see the elite shit house, you know, when he kept throwing it in the stand, punching the back. Yeah, he's that video. Look, in, in this podcast, we only tend to cover um, the important teams. Um, <laughs> Chelsea's just not very important are they? No, not at <laughs> and uh, Connor final game of, of the game week then uh, Newcastle 1-0 victors over, over Fulham yeah just grind out a result best defence in the league because he had 11 goals this season obviously Mitrovic missed the penalty mm-hmm. double kicked it I didn't really know even if that was a penalty it was a 50-50 one because yeah. he kicked him first and then he came in them um, but Fulham have been playing well so that's a good win at home uh, Isaac obviously scored yeah and uh, with Wilson back, they're a better team. So 100%. I think top four, the way Liverpool and Tottenham are dropping off, top four is almost there. Like, yeah. They just keep going at this, or getting yeah. the wins at home, grinding out the results. You know, Boatman this season, and uh, Bobman, sorry, and uh, Shaw are unbelievable, probably two of the best centre-backs in the league. Yeah, they've been So fantastic. if they just keep going like this, they're going to get top four. Yeah. Isaac has a goal contribution every 85 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Look, he's, that, that, that was only his fourth game. Yeah. yeah. For four Newcastle. Four or something. Yeah. Just, you know? yeah. He's just struggling to stay fit. But that's if it. stay fit, he'd be a massive asset in Newcastle. Yeah, Considering what's spent on him. Yeah. He was yeah. a 70 million pound man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that investment does, does reap its rewards for Newcastle. 100%. 100%. Moving on then to our fan favourite section, the picks of the week. Yeah. Connor, coming to you first. Yeah. Who's your player of the week this week? Um, I'm going to go... There's been some good players this week, obviously. Johnson scored two goals. Sonny March was good. Uh, but I'm going to go Ward Price. Ward Price. I think, as we were saying earlier, um, he's been let, uh, are given more freedom to get forward now, score more goals. Leading by example as a captain, his four goals in five games and six in his last nine. And 
his free kick was just unbelievable as we were saying he's the best free kick taker in Premier League history and he'll probably end up beating Beckham's record and if they're going to stay up this season he has to keep mm. doing this because yep. there's Southampton are not a great side mm-hmm. so I'll, have to, I'll give it to Ward Price two goals in a massive game away to Everton Ward Price yeah, yeah. fair enough Perfect. Oren, in his uh, in his career since going on to set pieces, um, this is in comparison to all other set piece takers um, that have played since 2016-17. James Ward Price sits top of the list with a 16.4% conversion ratio mm-hmm. on free kicks. That's That's crazy. Will we ever see a better dead ball specialist in the Premier League? No, I don't think so. It would take a very very special player to do that, um, and like. Ward Prowse is a he's a good footballer, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's a great leader for South, for Southampton. And uh, we were talking about it on the way on the road. He's being played more in an attacking role, which suits Ward Prowse more. He is look. He's he's a player who can get his his knees dirty and, and be a dog for a team like. But um, when he's played a bit further forward, he's always going to get you goals. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal player. Well, that's the thing. I'm glad you said that, Oren. Owen, look. Southampton do struggle to get yeah. goals, really, and you know playing Ward Price there, he is probably their primary goal option, wouldn't he? Be? Melody is definitely like even even just before he scored, he had a great chance for half time, has been unlucky, he didn't finish it. Yeah. But like as Oren said, yeah, he's a great spat, set set piece specialist, but he gets he does the hard yards as well. He does the dog work. And that's what Southampton need to try and drag them out of the situation they're in. So like if Southampton do avoid the drop, Ward Price is going to have a massive say in it. Yeah. Completely agreed. So there you go. Ward Price, Connor Dorman's Player of the Week this week. Owen, cream of the cream, boob of the week. Uh, boob this. of the week. Dishonourable mention goes to uh, Pep Guardiola for saying we don't care about the league. Of course you do. Stop talking shit. <laughs> but the boob of the week is that Tottenham fan dickhead. That's all I'm going to say about him. He doesn't deserve any more coverage. Well, Tottenham fans, yous will be buzzing next week because that Tottenham fan's going to bang in a hat trick. <laughs> Um, much like all the boobs of the week for McCurdle, they've got a new goal scorer on their hands now, so happy days. I can Jay for the in-betweeners. They've got Harry Payne going on up front. Um, yeah, completely agree, Owen. Look, obviously I said we weren't going to cover it, and I don't really want to speak about it. Um, yeah, yeah. He doesn't just, deserve the doesn't, attention. doesn't deserve the attention, just disgusting behaviour. Why would you do that at a football game? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Simple yeah. as. Simple as. Going to move on then to my fantasy pick of the week, lads. Have to take a breath here because rant incoming. Yeah. So I was four from four, as you folks at home know. Um, all four players I had picked, they went on and scored big points in the next game week. And you know, Richie's always right. Was looking like it was going to come true until last week. I I said to myself, you know what? I've given Liverpool a bit of stick over the last few weeks, and I'm going to throw them a bone, and I'm going to give one of the the, the generational right backs a shot. I'm going to chuck him in my team. The fucker got me zero points. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks very much, Trent Alexander-Arnold. You shit player. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've completely ruined me. And that's it. My 100% record's gone now. I feel like a fraud. I feel like I can't say to anybody, put this player in your team because I'm a fraud now. Look, you're still top of the FPL. Uh, yeah. But I didn't help the viewers at home, so I'm a fraud. And I apologize. If, if you did put Trent in your team this week, folks, I am sorry. I accept your apology, like yeah, I, I put Trent in my team. <laughs> I accept your apology <laughs> as well. <laughs> honestly, like, honestly. I thought Liverpool were genuinely going to be at Brighton. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be the game that we're going to turn it around. And 
in fairness to Trent, anything that Liverpool do when they go forward, it does seem to run through Trent. Mm-hmm. So I thought he was an absolute cirque for an assist at least. And no one predicted a Darwizzy hat trick, like, so... It- <laughs> Did <laughs> <laughs> You said a Darwizzy hat trick. Oh, that's so, right, it did, actually. So, Trent, you would expect to be on one of Darwizzy's goals, but Darwizzy would have done well to score a hat trick from the doctor's team. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm Ferguson a lot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just completely raging. So, I'm 100% records gone now because of a Liverpool player. So, I have an even deeper hatred mm. than I already did before. So, Liverpool fans, I'm just warning you in the next few weeks. You will get the same treatment that Chelsea got, and you can blame your shit right back on it. <laughs> um, look, my fantasy player of the week this week. Um, I'm gonna need to play it safe now, aren't I? Because no, go bold. Will I go bold? Go who you actually think. Yeah. Joe, genuinely, who I'm gonna go this week? Matoma. Mm. It was gonna be between Matoma or Solly March. Yeah. Had to be like. I'm gonna go. Look, don't get me wrong. I know March has had an excellent run of games there. I think he's what four and four, isn't he? Yeah, four four. I do think that'll dip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Solly March has never been one to be a consistent goal scorer. I think the most he's ever scored in a season is I think this is four he goals. He scored in fifty eight games or something. Yeah, like I think this is the most he has scored um, at, at all his time in Brighton in, in a single season. So I'm gonna go with the young Matoma. I think with just the way the Trossard's gonna leave the club, it's gonna free up Matoma even more. And to be honest. He is ridiculously mm. good. I, you yeah. know, when we've talked about Brighton, he's maybe one player we haven't talked yeah. about enough. The way he gets in behind, him and Ferguson have created this this partnership. I know. It's... Man, Brighton are so good. Yep. They are so good. This will be the second Brighton player I've picked now for the Fantasy Player of the Week, but with just the way that they're playing at the minute, I, I can't fault them. And I'm going to go Matoma as my Fantasy Player of the Week. Good pick. Orn, up to you. What's your opinion this week? Yeah. Um, is it the Trent shit? Yeah, agreed, lad. Well, <laughs> look, it's, it's, it's on them lines. Look, it is about Liverpool. Um, and my Odie's opinion of the week is that if Liverpool don't secure European football, Jurgen Klopp will resign. Um, I think Klopp's done enough to warrant not to be sacked. Um, and I think every football fan will agree with that. He's, he's done a great job at Liverpool since he came in and won them the first ever Premier League title. Um, so if he got sacked, I'd be very, very surprised. And to be honest, I think it would be really, really disrespectful of the man who's who's done. He's, he's given you so much recent success. But I think if Liverpool do fall, well, even not European football, I think if you if they fall outside the top four, Jurgen Klopp will resign. Um, I completely agree with you, Oren. I think that um, I completely agree with you in the sense that I think he has done enough in his time at Liverpool to warrant not being sacked and to warrant being given time. Um, I don't think Klopp will preside over another transition period. I feel like he's done as much as he can do with this squad without having to get massive investment and rebuilding another team. I would say he'll probably look. He, he said he, he said he sort of wanted to be out of management. Mm. He didn't want to be... Well, that's what I think. I think he'll resign. I don't think he'll go into another job for maybe two or three years. No, I, I don't think he will either. <laughs> Until maybe the Germany job comes up or something. But he always said that he, he didn't want to be the type of manager. He said this in interviews. He, he didn't want to be the type of manager that was managing into like his 70s or anything. Mm. So, like, yes, I know he's still far off his 70s yeah, yet. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, I agree with you. I don't think he would want to preside over another strenuous period at the mm-hmm. club where he has to rebuild again. I could see him stepping away as well, mm-hmm. especially if they don't get European football. Like, like you think that year they had all the injuries that come so close to the year before. No, they won the league the year before, mm-hmm. and then they had all yeah. the injuries. 
and they, they did somehow manage to grind out Champions League football mm-hmm. against all odds. They went on that that good run of games oh, yeah, at Allison the end of the Allison against West Brom. You know, yeah. they, they, they did end up getting Champions League football. Then they were so close again last year. Both I feel like this is, yeah. I feel like this is just a hangover. To be yeah. honest, I feel like these players have given all they can give. Um, I think Klopp overachieved with the squad he had. To tell you the truth. Well, 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 look. I mean, you'll, you'll have Liverpool fans tell you they have the best goalkeeper in the world, the best right back oh, in the world, best centre back in the world, best left back in the world, best DM in the world, best winger in the world. Yeah. And they're sitting what? Eighth, ninth, ninth, ninth. Like they're ninth. Chelsea's tenth. Yeah. yeah. I do think with this recent run of form that they've been on, I do think Klopp has to take some of the blame, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think the players do are having a hangover. I think they're worn out and I think they're tired, but I do think Klopp needs to take some of the blame as well. Look, I'm not going to sit here and try and break down Klopp's credentials. He's one of the best managers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the things he's won and, and the teams that he's built and the style of football that he has nurtured and created and persevered with, they're, they were fantastic to watch. And I hate saying that because I can hate them, but mm-hmm. they were unreal to watch. Um, but this recent run of form, I do think he has to share some of the blame. Yeah. Tactically, not good enough. Team selection, not good enough. Um and without investment, it's it's going to be hard for yeah. Liverpool to, to breach the top four this year. No, I, I think like if they don't get Champions League football, I think if they don't get Champions League football, they won't get Bellingham. And yeah. if they don't get Bellingham, that's huge for Liverpool because he's been their number one target for about two or three years now. Um, so if there's no Champions League football, I think there's no club. And if there's no club, there's definitely no Bellingham. But Bellingham's not going to leave Dortmund not to go to a Champions League club. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so if they don't get Champions League football, it means they won't get Bellingham. And in my opinion, Klopp will resign, and that's my opinion of the week. Um, I agree with you that he, up to the extent that he's earned the right not to be sacked. I don't know if he will resign or not. Depends how the next couple of months go. If he sees there's a bit of an uplift, mm. he might stay on, but it's definitely within the realm's possibility. Yeah. yeah. As you said, he's earned the respect. I don't think he'll leave. He's come out and he said he's going to stay. It depends as well on the new owners if they get new owners in and they invest in them. I know if they don't have Champions League football, it will they'll not get the Bellinghams and players like that. But with Klopp, you know you got to just trust him, and I think he will invest. If they get investment, he will probably create another decent enough team, and he'll stay in a few years. Yeah, see, well, that's the thing. Definitely could. Definitely could. Like as Connor said there, and it was something that I just completely forgot to mention. I, I think ownership really matters as mm-hmm. well at okay. Liverpool. If they do get owners that come in and want to spend three hundred million in the transfer market in the summer, yeah, he probably would stay on because yeah. that opens yeah. Liverpool up to a gap of player that they haven't been able to buy thus far. But if we're talking about him not getting Champions League football, that caliber of player, even if you're going to spend three hundred million, is is a quality less than if you have Champions League football. Do you know what they weren't? Even when United weren't getting Champions League football, they were still able to pull big names. And I think Liverpool could be the exact same. Mm. I think like all Klopp would need to do is have a conversation with the player and say, "Look, realistically, yes, we're not going to play in the Champions League this year, but we'll definitely play in the Champions League next year." Yeah, you know, yeah. like Liverpool do still have the crux of a good team there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, so it's not as if these players will be coming into like a, a, a shit squad. Yeah, Because yeah. they're they're not a shit squad. They're aging. Don't get me wrong, but with the right replacements, there's no reason why next season they can't be really strong again yeah. and competing for the league like they have done these past few years. Um, so maybe it does just come down to ownership. Oh yeah. No, look, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. No, no, no. I I know you're not. I, but uh, that's it's just my gut feeling. Um, I think if they don't get European football, 
Clap and go. Look, I, like, I, and again, I'm not being funny, but if Liverpool miss out in Champions League football this year, that is a shambles. Yeah. There's no way, like, that, that, that's a shambles of a season. Yeah, Liverpool's probably best chance of getting Champions League football this year is by going all out and trying to win the Champions League. Which they're not going to do. They're not going to do that. Because no they're, they're not good enough. I can name you 10 teams that are still in the Champions League. It's, 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 it's the only route to have, like, it'll take an unbelievable upturn and an unbelievable downturn from a lot yeah. of teams for them to make the it. All well, you have to look at is them Napoli games. Yeah. They play Real Madrid last 16, they'll not yeah. beat them. Yeah. Not, not a chance. chance. No. They're midfield against Real Madrid's midfield. Even in Real Madrid. Aren't that great at the minute? I watch them in the in the Super Cup final. Oh, they were. Oh my God! Oh, people people are talking about Barcelona being crap. They're three points clear at the top of the league. Barcelona have conceded six goals in the league this season. Yeah, because the because they're seeing. The people just got this impression because they're in the Europa League. Barcelona are balling at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, until they make Man United. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be some time. And, and, and then, then we'll see how good they are. That's Champions League. Time. No, Leicester Martinez for the first league either. So it'll be suspended. big mess. Uh, I'm sure you're playing with them at the moment. Yeah, we'll get the show It will be a good game. Well, look, realistically, Liverpool miss out in the Champions League, which they probably are going to do at this stage. I can't see them recouping yeah. any type of form, but they do tend to have a good record in Europe, and they do always seem to turn up in Europe, even when their form isn't that great. Yeah, like like that season, they did have all the injuries. They were still unreal in the Champions League. Yeah, it's Anfield. Uh, that's it. Like you know, don't get me wrong. I don't. I really don't think they're gonna beat Real Madrid. Yeah, I think no. Madrid. I think Madrid do just have too much for them. But at the same time, if they did beat Madrid, would I be completely shocked? I probably wouldn't, mm-hmm. to be honest, because they do just have this knack of being good in the Champions yeah. League. No matter how shit their squad is or how poor they're playing, they always turn up in Europe. So, yeah. look, maybe you're right. Maybe that is the best way of getting into the Champions League. But realistically, can I see them winning the Champions League? No, no probably, probably not. not. Probably not. Right, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support that we have received over the last few weeks. A few predictions, no? Oh, shh. Sorry, apologies. That's <laughs> <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let me get the let me get the fixtures up here. Just... Right, we'll get our predictions done and then. Okay, so there's um, there's actually still two games to be played of this game week. Um, we had Man United Crystal Palace on Wednesday night. Oren? Yeah, United. Owen? I'm actually going United for once. Oh, that's nice. No, don't don't get used to it, boys. <laughs> Call it United. Yeah, I'm going to go United as well. Uh, Spurs, Man City, Oren? City are going to thrash them. Fair enough. Yeah, I think City will win this one because Spurs are more shit. Yeah, City, comfortably. Yeah. I'm going to go with Spurs. Spurs. Spurs have a good record against City. They do. So. And your brother will go for you for a short cut if you said anything else. Uh, he might do. He <laughs> might do. Uh, okay, so Saturday then. Ooh, tasty game. Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, Liverpool Is it all on field does it? It's all on field I'll go Liverpool Yeah because Liverpool's at home I'll go Liverpool I'm going to go draw uh, Bournemouth Forest Bournemouth at home Forest Yeah Forest Draw I'm going to go Forest uh, Leicester at home to Brighton Brighton Yeah Brighton Yeah Brighton's playing too well Yeah, yeah Brighton <laughs> uh, Southampton at home to Villa Southampton Yeah Southampton yeah, I'll go Southampton. They're playing well. I'm going to go Villa. Uh, West Ham at home to Everton. Draw. Ah, uh, West Ham. Yeah, West Ham. Everton. <laughs> Palace at home to Newcastle. Draw. Palace. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle. I'm going to go Newcastle. Uh, Leeds at home to Brentford. Brentford. It's a good game, though. 
Uh, I'm gonna go draw. Draw. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go draw. I'm gonna go Brentford. Yeah. Tony's back, like. Yeah. City at home to Wolves. City. 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 <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Arsenal home to Man United. Man United. Arsenal. Draw. Man United. Yeah. You have to back your team. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is it Dormal? No, he didn't. I know he didn't. I said draw. I, just, I said I, draw. I, I didn't back against them. <laughs> no, I, know, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Stop off with um, and then there is one more game, sorry, of next week's game week. Um, and that's uh, on Monday, the 23rd of January. Jeez, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, Monday, 23rd of January, Fulham at home to Spurs. Um, Fulham. 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 Spurs. If I say I'm going all in Spurs, I, I'm lunch to my house, like so. <laughs> Next week, Spurs worst, Spurs reserve versus prime Barcelona. Spurs. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for this week then, folks. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support, as always. Um, just to let you know, our Instagram page is now up and running. Orin, what's the handle? Bottom Bins Pod. Bottom Bins Pod. Same as the Twitter. We're going to have plenty of reels up there. We're going to maybe try and get some content from our podcast onto the Instagram page. And then we have our reels from our parlay conversation. Once again, join us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P R L Y Sports on the Apple App Store. Come in, have a footballing conversation. Like we said last week, there's some massive content creators on there. Um, so if you want to, if you want to try your hand at football content creation, why not? Why not give it a go? Mm -hmm. And if you know, if you want to follow us on it, we'll give you a follow back. And you can always make content content with us if you so wish. Mm -hmm. Um, you can come in if you're a Liverpool fan, and maybe you can have a. Good debate about your team, <laughs> if you so wish, and especially your right back. Uh, um, we are available on all major podcasting platforms. Like we're, We are trying our best at the minute to get uh, two episodes out per week. We're going to always have our regular upload of our normal bottom bins on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. On the bottom bins extra YouTube channel then is where our uploads go on a Friday. Um, and they'll be our transfer roundup. Yeah. Um, so we'll have a few more episodes of them coming out over the next few weeks. And yeah, I think that's about it. So we've got one more uh, announcement. Um, obviously, we've mentioned it a little bit in this podcast. We mentioned it on the uh, transfer podcast. Me and me and Richie were in Manchester uh, for the United and Charlton game. Uh, we recorded quite a bit of footage. Um, so hopefully, we get that edited together soon, and we'll have our first ever vlog. The bottom bins on tour for the Manchester United versus Charlton game. So hopefully we get that up this week as well, which would be nice. You, you'll get to put a face to our, to our voices. To our voices, yeah. Um, and see some live content from Old Trafford. You can tell us how ugly we are. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> the folks, frankly, for the folks at home, my face will not be on the content. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unfortunately for the folks at home, your face will not be on that content, McYardle. <laughs> um, but yes, look, once again, thank you for listening. And as always, keep it bottom bins. Keep it bottom bins. Keep it bottom bins, folks. <laughs>